Greetings, this is Pastor Thomas A. Deloach, and this episode is brought to you by To Empower You, a podcast dedicated to helping young adults and young couples achieve their goals and dreams from a biblical context. From a biblical context. Pastor Thomas A. Deloach. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to To Empower You. I am your host, back better than ever, Thomas A. Deloach. And I'm so glad that you've decided to connect with me for these few moments in time. And on today's show, I want to talk about God is about to take you up. Yes, God is about to take you up. This is a teaching podcast, so go and grab your Bibles. As always, I want you to take some copious notes. This is going to be an outstanding show today. As always, we'd like to use a scripture as our launching pad, and we want to turn to 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 1, and we'll conclude at verse number 6. So go and grab your Bibles if you can. If not, you can listen to the replay and then pull your Bible out because I want you to read these scriptures. We do believe in reading God's Word and giving some scripture base because I think the Word of God will change your life. So in 2 Kings chapter 2, starting at verse number 1, it says, When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to the heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here. The Lord has sent me to Bethel. Elisha said, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Then Elijah said to him, stay here. Elisha, the Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he replied, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. Then Elijah said to him, stay here. The Lord has sent me to Jordan. And he replied, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on. This, in my estimation, is a tremendous passage of scripture. And I will take my time here, if I can, to unpack the four places that they went to, because it has a lot of great revelation and insight into the life of the believer in different stops that we make when God is about to take us to another level that we've never been before. The thing that really blesses me about Elisha is that he was committed to Elijah. Scripture talks about how he washed the hands of Elijah, meaning that he was close to serve and he understood the power of serving. And what I love best in this passage that I read to you is that every time Elijah would tell him to stay, he said, no. I'm not going to leave you. In life, we're always looking for someone to stick close to us, looking for someone faithful and loyal. And so I really get excited when I read this because it helps me to understand and know that there's always somebody on the planet that God will send your way that will stick close to you. Somebody that won't leave, somebody that will be a faithful servant. And Elisha understood this. He understood the role that he had in Elijah's life. Elijah 
was the premier prophet and Elisha was his servant. And so you can just see this wonderful dynamic take place. And so I kind of, you know, associate myself with this and seeing some things in my own life and my own serving different pastors and leaders over the years since I've been saved. And one of the things that I tried to be was faithful. I wanted to be committed. I wanted to be there because if you sow commitment and faithfulness, when it is your turn to lead, God will always send those kind of people to you. And so in these four stops, I'm going to share with you. I want you to just take some notes again and write down some things that really stick with you. Now, the scripture talks about here where it all starts, and that's Gilgal. The scripture says that they went from Gilgal, and this is the place of separation. Because in life, when God is about to take you up and use you to do some extraordinary things for him, there has to be a separation, a sanctification, as it were. Because it's not that God can't use you where you are, but he many times chooses not to. He has to put you in isolation so that you can really have his undivided attention so that you and God can get together and connect. I've always said in order for you to connect to where God wants you to be, you have to disconnect from where you are. And this is the whole place of Gilgal. Gilgal means the rolling away, the rolling of the stone as it were. Even when you look at the life of Jesus, there was a separation and a sanctification in his life when it got time for him to do the things that he needed to do. He had to go through his own wilderness situation where it was nothing more than him, the presence of the Lord, and the enemy tried him. And he won. He whipped the enemy. Another for us to whip the enemy and do what God has called us to do, Gilgal is necessary. And many times we don't want to separate. We don't want to separate from friends, family members, things that we love, things that we enjoy. But it is necessary for the anointing on our life. It is necessary to hear the voice of God. We are so connected to the world. And this is why the church is so carnal. This is why people are so carnal. This is why we can't be used of God at a high level. I do believe that people want to be used, but they don't want to sacrifice. They, they don't want to make the commitment that is going to be necessary to be used of God. But Gilgal is necessary in our lives. It is so purposeful. It is needful for us in this place of Gilgal to see it for what it is, that I've got to separate. I've got to come away from friends. There's nothing wrong with having friends. I got to come away from family. There's nothing wrong with having family. But you got to understand, most of us can't even do the will of God until we talk to family about it. We want to ask them, is it okay that I seek God? Is it okay that I connect with this ministry? We have to always seemingly have permission from people that don't matter. The thing about family and friends is that, yes, you know, they can pull on our heartstrings. You know, we may have something of value with them. But I want you to know when it comes to the things of God, I've got to disconnect and I've got to make sure that God is the only voice that is important in my life. Jesus always said this and he said it throughout the gospels. He said, my only meat is to do the will of God. I don't do anything if it doesn't please God. Is that your testimony? 
If it's not, then this Gilgal season that you might be in is very necessary for the power of God to be released in your life. I love my family. I love my wife. I love my son. I love my mom, my brothers. I love my friends. I love people that God has put in my life, but they don't come before the Lord. The Lord is my everything. He really is. I really love God and I want to do what he's called me to do. And one of the things that I've had to understand that this place of isolation, this place of separation, this Gilgal, as it were, is so important. My spiritual father said to me a long time ago before I entered into ministry, he said, I'm praying that God would remove a lot of the distractions around you. I pray that he would get the various ones away from you that are causing you not to go to the next level. And at that time, I thought that was really mean because I didn't understand. I was immature. But now that I've grown up and now that I've been in ministry for a little time now, I see exactly what he was saying. I can understand why it was necessary. And I went through that time. But I want you to know it was the best time of my life because that was the place where I learned about God. Gilgal is a place where you learn how great God is in your life because you don't have all these distractions. Some of us are entirely too distracted. We are distracted with church. You can be too distracted with serving in church that you can't focus on God. And I know God has called us to come to a church and connect to a church, and we should, but that should never take the place of your personal walk with the Lord. And even as a pastor, I can say to you that over the years, I've had to come back to center because sometimes we can be too focused as pastors on building the church where we'll lose our personal relationship with the Lord. And God never wanted it to be that way. So we have to strike a balance and Gilgal is where it is. Gilgal is the place where that flame of the Lord gets fired up inside of you. Gilgal is the place where that love of God is birthed. Gilgal is the place where you understand and know that God is with you. And as long as he is there, nothing else matters. Now, the next stop that the two of them made is a place called Bethel. And I like this because Bethel is the house of God. And the scripture says that Elijah said to Elisha, stay here. The Lord has sent me, not you, to Bethel. But Elisha said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. Now, remember that Jacob called the place Bethel. And Bethel means, again, the house of God. And he called it the house of God, watch this, because he had this amazing time with the Lord and he had been in the very presence of God. So here's the thing about Bethel. Bethel is just not the house of God, but it's the place where the presence of God resides. We must learn to get back to this place where the presence of God is. See, the house means nothing if the power is not there. The house means nothing if his presence is not there. The house means nothing if his glory is not there. So we don't worship the house. We've got to worship and understand the presence of the Lord that's in the house. It's like having a natural home. When you go there and your family is not there, your spouse is not there, your kids is not there, the house don't mean nothing. It's what's in the house that has value. And for Jacob, he understood 
that this house is so beautiful because he was saying, man, I was at the place and I didn't know that the glory was here. I didn't know that the power was here. I didn't know that the presence of God was here. So he so associated the presence of God and this Bethel, the presence of the Lord where God resides has to be so important for us. And in the life of Elijah, he realized that man, this place his presence, his, his glory, his strength, the honor that is here. I need this. I got to get this. And again, I hate to be redundant. He was like, every time that Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, Elisha was like, I'm not going to leave you because I need to go through these stages. And I want to say this to you that are listening. You must go through these stages. This is important because it's the experience in the house of God that helps you to build your faith and your catalog with the Lord. Some of us don't understand. We begrudge tough times and hard times, but that's what's helping you to build your testimony. No test, no testimony, no cross, no crown. That's what it is. No pain, no gain. It's necessary. And in this place of Bethel is where we can really begin to love God's presence. When was the last time that you just loved to be in his presence? It was just being with the lover of your soul. It was just being with God himself is something that happens when you really get into the presence of the Lord. David said it like this. He said, the zeal of thine house hath eaten me up. David loved the house of God. It wasn't the brick and mortar that he was talking about. It wasn't the fine tapestry. It wasn't the silver or gold or the things or the articles that was in the house of God. It was because God was there. That's what Bethel is about. God is here. Watch this now. And I'm aware of it. We got to understand, man, that his presence is everywhere. We're just not aware of it. My prayer for you is that you will be sensitive to know when the presence of God is there. And when you know it is there, you take a moment and worship. You take a moment and give God praise. You take a moment and thank him. You take a moment and say, man, Lord, this place is so wonderful. I'm so grateful that I was able to recognize that your glory is all around us. Now, the third place that they went to was this place called Jericho. And Jericho is a place where we walk by faith. This is so powerful, man. I love this because Jericho is the place that when we get there and for Elisha, he said, man, I've come this far. I got to keep going with the prophet. I don't know if Elisha really understood what was going on, but one of the things he was aware of, I'm not going to leave you. Where you're going, I have to go. Because again, there's something about what the ministry of Elisha was about to get to do and the opportunity that he was getting ready to be and the power of God that was awaiting him at every place. And some of us at this place of Jericho is where we need to fight and get the victory. Remember the scripture says, then Elisha said to him, stay here. Elisha, the Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he replied, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went 
to Jericho. Now, remember, Jericho was the first battle that they had to have in the promised land. Now, when Joshua was near to Jericho, he looked up and he saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went up to him and asked, are you for us or are you our enemy? And the Bible says, neither. He replied, but as a commander of the Lord's army, I have now come. Then Joshua fell down to the ground in reverence and asked him, what message does my Lord have for his servant? And you'll find this in Joshua chapter five. You can read those verses subsequently. I believe it starts at verse number 13. and You can read it and get the full context of what it is that I'm saying. But in my estimation, this person that showed up, I believe was the Lord himself. I believe this was a theophanies as it were. And so Joshua understood later what was going on. Now notice again that Joshua sees this guy and he's got a sword in his hand. And he looks up as if he's going to be a real good fighter. And Joshua obviously wants to know whose side this guy is on. Are you with us or or are you our enemy? And then to which he answers again, he says no. And in so many words, Joshua was saying to him, whose side again are you on? Are you on theirs? Or are you on ours? But he said, no, watch this now. I have come to take no sides. That's not why I'm here. I'm not come to take sides. I have come to take over. Did you get that? When the Lord shows up to your Jericho, he wants you to know, I've not come to take sides. I'm coming to take over. And so when God is there, he is taking over because he wants to get the battle, not just the battle, but the victory, because the Lord loves to fight for us. We have to stand still and see the Lord fighting for us. And Joshua realized at that point, wow, the presence of the Lord is here and the Lord doesn't come merely to help, but he's coming to annihilate and take over the situation. And when you get to Jericho, your faith must take over. That's what I'm saying to you today. Jericho is the place where we walk by faith so our faith can take over. Remember now, faith is not getting God to do anything. Faith is just taking what he's already appropriated for us. I'm gonna say that to you again because some of us, as it relates to our faith, we seem to think that we can just use our faith for anything, but that's not what faith is for. Faith is a positive response to what God has already done. See, God is not stuck. So you thinking that you got power with your faith to move God makes no sense. And it also suggests that you believe that God has not done anything through Christ. The only reason why grace can give us something is because grace is the very thing that has already accomplished the will of God for our life. We just need to reach out by faith and appropriate every promise that God has already made for us. And what God was really trying to show Joshua in this battle is that the reason why I'm not on any side is because everything is done. It's prepared. See, when Jesus shows up, it's already done. When God shows up, it's finished. And so all I need you to understand and know is that this battle is not yours. It's mine. But the battle is already complete. See, God just wants us to show up by faith and to take what is already ours. We don't have to ask 
because it belongs to us. So I want you to see your faith in this place of Jericho differently than you've seen faith before. Because I've talked to people and they're always saying, you know, I do this, I do that, I do the other, I fast, I pray, I tithe, I come to church meeting, I come to Bible study, I come to choir rehearsal, I'm always at the church. Lord, why won't you heal me? Why won't you bless me? And what that suggests to me is that you want and believe by works is the reason why God should do something for you. Because if you didn't believe that, you wouldn't have just told your whole resume, your whole dossier. You told everything that you did for God. But God is saying that's not what faith is. Faith is my positive response. Get that. It's a positive, not a negative response, not something that I got to make God do and force him and twist his arm and play the lame game and the begging game and say, oh, Lord, would you please strengthen me and help me? It just says to us, we got no earthly idea what our faith is there for. If the grace of God doesn't provide it, my faith cannot lay hold of it. The only reason why I can trust God for finances is because I know that there are promises and provisions for my money and healing and deliverance and joy and everything else in the word of God. And so this place of Jericho in 2 Corinthians 5 and 7, it says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We're not walking by what we see. Get your eyes out of the way and get your faith in the way and know that by faith, all we have to do is say, Lord, if this is for me and I see in the word it is, I'm going to reach out and take it. Lord, if you got my healing for me because you sent Christ and he died and he put all of that on himself and nailed it to the cross and by his stripes, I am healed. Then I'm going to take my faith and take my healing and I'm going to appropriate healing through my life, through my body, through my mind and walk in the very promise of God. It works just like that. This is not a work situation. You don't have to work for what God has already done. Either Jesus, when he said it is finished, did he mean that or not? If he said it is finished, it is. So all we have to do again is know it and believe it. And at this place of Jericho is where we learn to walk by faith. And Elisha is learning to walk by faith. He's following the leader or following the God in his leader. And he's being transformed and built to trust God and to trust the process. And that's what I want you to do today. By faith, trust God, trust the process, trust where he's taking you, trust where he's leading you. When it feels like, you know, fear is gripping your heart, generally it's what you're listening to or what you're seeing with your eyes. But you got to see with the eyes of the spirit. You got to see it with the eyes of faith. And finally, the last stop, the most important one is Jordan. And Jordan is death and resurrection. It's a place of significance. Every time you cross the Jordan, supernatural things happen. I want to say it to you again. Jordan means Jordan is the place of death and resurrection. It's a place of significance. And every time you cross over, God is going to do something supernatural in your life. Notice that when they had crossed the Jordan, then Elijah said to him, don't miss this, please. Ask, what may I do for you before I am taken away from you? Elisha said, 
please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. Don't miss this, y'all. Not God's spirit, but Elijah's spirit. This is so great. And many times we miss it. Elisha said, I want your spirit. I followed you. I've connected to you. I've separated. I've I've seen the power of God at the place of Bethel. I've walked by faith. And now we are at the place of death and resurrection, a place of significance. And I know now, Master, why we went through what we went through. And I'm here now. And what I want is a double portion of your spirit. Another word for spirit is attitude. It's something about what Elisha saw in Elijah, his attitude for the things of God how he dealt with certain things in his life, how he was able to defeat certain things, how he was able to stay encouraged, how he was able to build himself up. See, it's something that people see on your life that they want. It's not you. It's the power of God on your life that people see. And that is what Elisha paid attention to. What is it that is making Elijah tick? Why is he able to stay faithful to God? Why is he able to serve God at a high level? Why is he able, amen, to, to lay hands on this person and to prophesy these words and every word he says never falls to the ground? This is what Elisha wanted. And notice now that the scripture says, he says, you've asked for a difficult thing. I don't know if you can get this. He said, yet, because you've asked this, if you see me when I am taken from you, it'll be yours. Otherwise, it won't be. You've gotten to this place. If you can see me go up, if you can watch me go up into the heavens, if you can keep your focus, you've gotten this far. If you can see this because you have followed me everywhere I told you to stay, you didn't. So now keep your eyes on me. And if you can, there's a mantle waiting for you. You will get not just one thing of what I had, but twice of what I had. And he went up and he got the mantle and he wore that mantle. And if you can read the scripture, the scripture talks about how he did twice as many miracles as Elijah. That's powerful because, again, remember now, it's the place of death and resurrection. And I'm sure that in Elisha's life, as he saw his servant being taken away from him, his master, his Lord being taken away from him, I'm sure it was a sad situation because he loved Elijah. He followed him. He washed his hands, as I said earlier in the show. He went, he sat, he left his father. Just read the story of how Elijah met Elisha and how Elisha went to his parents and he kissed them and he burned all his farming equipment and boiled the flesh and gave it to his family and friends and said, hey, man, I am following the one who I believe is going to push me in ministry. And now he's being taken away from him. But what I love about Elijah is that he said, even though you asked a difficult thing. If you can see me go up, you can have it. How do you know, y'all, when your life has gone to another level? Since the name of this show is God is about to take you up. How do I know? Is it when I get to these four places? I want to tell you, you know that you've gotten to another level when things that used to be hard for you are now easy because grace has showed up. 
How do I know that things have changed? Because you couldn't go into certain places in the spirit, and now you can. Certain things in the natural just open up its doors for you automatically. Healing, deliverance, financial breakthrough, certain things begin to just manifest in your life where otherwise it wouldn't. That's how you know that you've gone to another level when the things that were so difficult for you are now easy. That's the grace of God. That's that mantle that Elisha was working with. And the same God that blessed him is the same God, I want to tell you, that has already blessed you. He has blessed you with all spiritual blessings, but they are in heavenly places. It's not that we don't want to be blessed. We do. We just don't know what God has done. We got to get in this word and find out what he's already done. And when we know what he's already done, we can appropriate those promises and begin to take them one by one. If this is what God has for me, I'm going to take it. Stop begging God for what you already have. You just need to be knowledgeable of what you already have. And when you know that, you can be assured that God is going to take you up. He will, but you got to go through the place of separation. You got to understand the presence in the house of God. You got to walk by faith and you got to be willing to go through this death and this resurrection, this place of significance in terms of how you follow. We always have places that are dying in our lives. It's so important because when you really get your relationship tight with God, things that you thought you needed, you're like, I don't need that anymore. That can die in my life. And when those things die because you realize you didn't need them in the first place, then you can have a resurrection. And what's being resurrected are the things that are important. And can I tell you what it is? Your relationship with God. That's the only thing that matters is your relationship with God. And so the closer we walk with the Lord, the more the things that are around us will die because we realize that's not giving me life. The thing that is giving me life is my personal relationship with Christ. And this is what Elisha discovered. And this is what I pray that you will discover as well. Get ready because God is about to take you up. Well, that's all that I wanted to share with you today that I pray I most certainly pray that this blessed you. And if it did, I want you to send me an email. As always, shoot me an email and let me know that this blessed you at info at thomasadeloach.com. Do it today. Let me know that these broadcasts are being a blessing to your life. You can always go to my website at thomasadeloach.com. Go there and on that homepage, there is a subscribers button a tab there. Put your email in there and click the send button and I will send you a free PDF. And not only that, once a month, I will send you a to empower you newsletter to build you up and share my thoughts with you and other things that you can take advantage of as I want to be there to assist you in your walk in faith. Now, the last thing that I want to share with you, if you want to be a financial partner of mine, because these shows do cost for me to produce them, but if you are being blessed and you say, you know what? I want to sow a seed. Go back to that same website at thomasadeloach.com. Scroll 
scroll almost all the way down to the bottom of the screen and you will see a donate tab. Click that button and you can give to your heart's content. No dollar amount is too big or too small. And again, everything you give is going to help me to produce these shows to continue to be a blessing to you and others. And so I want you to pray about that and make a move today. Thank you to all of those that have sown into this ministry. We are always, again, looking for more financial partners so we can continue to do the work of the Lord through these podcasts as they most certainly are helping those to continue to get closer to God and things that will help them get out here in ministry and do what God has called them to do. As always, I am praying for you. Get out there and do something. Remember, God is about to take you up. And until next time, be empowered. Thank you for listening to my show to empower you. If you were blessed, inspired, and encouraged, please send me a praise report, prayer requests, or show ideas to info at thomasadeloach.com. And follow me on Instagram at Thomas A. Deloach and Facebook at Dr. Thomas A. Deloach. And remember, you can go to my website anytime at www.thomasadeloach.com. Until next time, be Be empowered. empowered.